Hi, everybody. As Troy mentioned, I am the deputy CISO focused on our federal environment here at ServiceNow. And what I planned on talking about today is uh, covering the presidential executive order and the relationship to FedRAMP from a cloud service provider's perspective. Um, next slide, please. Quick safe harbor notice that I've got to give with all of our presentations around forward-looking statements that things may change. So uh, we can jump to the next slide. So as far as an agenda goes today, I'm going to quickly cover some of the current federal cybersecurity landscape elements. Um, I think there's been lots of discussions all day today around FISMA, FedRAMP, uh, CMMC, and the executive order. I'll touch on those quickly, and then I'll dive into the EO uh, a little bit deeper, cover each of the elements, and talk through you know, how ServiceNow and, and my team is looking at these different elements and, and how it will potentially and will affect us as a, as a cloud service provider working with the government. Um, and then I'll cover um, the, the compliance requirements and how the executive order relates to FedRIP and if there's going to be reciprocity, what that looks like, and some of the steps that others in our position should be looking at. And then finally, time permitting, um, I'll cover uh, brief overview on what ServiceNow does to help automate uh, the NIST risk management framework process for our customers. Next slide, please. So from a federal cyber landscape, you know, I've, I've identified really three main areas. And, you know, we've got the FISMA legislation, which covers all government agencies, FedRAMP, which is essentially how cloud service providers demonstrate their compliance with FISMA and some of the key initiatives going on. Uh, you know, obviously lots of discussion today around automation of controls and assessments and using OSCAL and the like and how that's going to um, continue to roll out over the, the near future. Um, in addition, the significant change between NIST 853 Rev4 to Rev5 and that transition which sounds like it will begin taking place once 53A gets formally finally updated up to Rev 5. Um, you know, the presidential executive order that came out a couple months ago obviously added quite a few new requirements. Um, you know, some some reinforcement of existing requirements, but but quite a few activities that have been identified for government agencies to, to act on over the next, you know, initially 30 days all the way through the next year or so. Um, definitely going to be a lot more increased reporting and it's, it's a very aggressive approach to, to get the government on board with implementing a lot of the security best practices. So, um, you know, I think it's definitely going to be an improvement uh, across the board, and it's going to affect both government and as well as private industry. Then the last piece I'll touch on very briefly is CMMC, which, um, is, as I think everyone's aware of, is focused on the defense industrial base and ensuring that those uh, contractors within the defense industrial base are implementing adequate security. Um, it's a pretty significant lift as we're talking about a scope of 300,000 plus organizations within the DIB and the, the entire certification process requirements are, are being fleshed out, but there's absolutely gonna need to be a need for automation and streamlining an approach to, to make sure that the, the DOD can can address each of these organizations in a, in a timely and effective and efficient manner. Next slide. So we'll jump into 
uh, you know, some of the details on the objectives of the, the cybersecurity executive order. So really seven main objectives, you know, first starting with removing barriers between sharing of threat information between the government and private sector. Um, one of the, the biggest challenges, um, at least one of the, the, the hesitations that the private sector has is around reporting, reporting incidents and breach information to the federal government because they don't know if they're gonna get punished. They don't know if there's gonna be a breach of contract. One of the key elements here of the executive order is to, to really remove some of the contractual barriers around sharing breach information. So uh, private industry is more, more willing and voluntarily sharing information to ultimately help improve the security of both the private and public sector. The second major initiative is really around modernizing the cybersecurity standards within the government. And what is meant by this is um, implementing some additional security best practices, ranging from zero trust architecture to uh, develop to implementation and migration to more cloud services and getting rid of some of the legacy um, on-premise type of infrastructure that is that is being maintained within the Fed organizations. The next item is around supply chain security. Um, you know, I think some of the 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 big breaches that we've seen over the past couple of years, um, you know, SolarWinds, Kasaya, others, is there's really been a identification that, hey, there's not a great understanding of who and where each of these different pieces of software fall within your supply chain. And so there's really some standards here around developing secure software, using, um, using, putting greater visibility into the code and the software practices for the, the software and services that are being delivered to the government. Next item is around establishing a cybersecurity safety review board. The idea here is, again, once there's, you know, kind of post-mortem, let's get government and private sector leads together to, to work through and, and really study and understand why a cyber incident happened, analyze it, and make good recommendations for improving security moving forward. And the idea here, again, is a, a very collaborative type of engagement between both the public and private sector. Next, we're talking, uh, this, the EO is looking for a standard playbook for responding to cyber incidents. One of the, one of the, the big issues that, that we've seen over the years with some of these recent, recent breaches is that there wasn't a, a very adequate and tested incident response process. Uh, level of response plans varied widely from organizations being very prepared to organizations responding on the fly because they haven't um, fully exercised and weren't completely prepared. So the idea here is get a standardized cyber, cyber incident reporting playbook. And then the last two is improving the detection of cybersecurity incidents on federal networks. Um, a key initiative in this element is around putting in, putting in place a strong government-wide endpoint detection and response process. So we'll see um, you know, if this relates to kind of the, the next iteration of the tick and, and really identifying, responding to uh, you know, potential threats that we're seeing. And then finally, improving on investigative and remediation capabilities. Um, some of the other areas and gaps that we've seen with some of the, the, the bigger breaches is just 
not ineffective um, event log capture to where it took a lot longer to respond and was more difficult to um, do root cause analysis because of inadequate logging that was maintained. Um, last item here on, on this slide I wanted to, to really highlight is that this executive order is not just applicable to government agencies. It's actually applicable to all federal information systems. And as a cloud provider, that's very important to me because my FedRAMP authorized environment is considered a federal information system. So this, this applies not just to those government agencies, it applies to any systems that are, that are housing, maintaining, storing government information on behalf of the government. So it's a pretty far, far reaching EO. Next slide, please. So to, to do a quick kind of summary of the, the executive order deliverables, I've touched on quite a few of these already, but the first item here is really developing a new FAR regulation or you know, federal acquisition regulation clause to mandate a more strategic approach to purchasing and implementing um, products that are products and services that are more secure. Um, number two, uh, really modernizing the, the federal IT by, by leveraging cloud-based technologies to, to replace some of the legacy technology that's in place. Number three, um, establishing common patching and vulnerability reporting protocols. Um, you know, that's really with, with private public sector, if I'm, in, if I'm in industry and I've got issues with, with, and I've identified significant threats and vulnerabilities, I need to be in, the government is looking to incentivize private industry to report on those for the betterment of all the entire community. Number four, as I mentioned earlier, creating a federal government playbook for incident response and reporting. And lastly, number five, formulating the Cyber Safety Review Board. Next slide. So some of the, the outcomes that we're looking here. So we've talked about the objectives, but you know, the intended outcomes are more proactive and, and reactive, also cybersecurity posture and readiness. Um, wanna make sure that you know, the, the threats that we're dealing with are only going to, to increase exponentially. And the, the idea here is we need to be better prepared and we need to have this structure in place that, that we'll, be, we'll be able to respond to breaches and attacks in a more organized and timely manner. Um, other elements here, enhanced investigative and remediation capabilities, as well as improved logging and log management. Again, with deploying some of the, 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 the more recent technologies and, and getting better processes in place, that's ultimately going to make the entire community, both public sector and private sector, more secure. Next slide. So some of the outcomes that, that we've identified are, are also around some mandatory tools and capabilities. And from a cloud service provider perspective that's compliant with FedRAMP, many of these things are, are things we're already implementing today. Uh, some of these elements are things that we're going to need to kind of expand on, on some of the existing processes that we have in place. Multi-factor authentication across, you know, across the board throughout our boundary um, that's, that's something from a FedRAMP perspective, I think most, if not all of us are doing. Um, data at rest and data in transit encryption. Again, that's, that's something that is our, our requirements for us today from a CSP perspective, but there, there may be some additional refinement that needs to be done based on um, 
how the executive order uh, fully gets fleshed out. The logging monitoring of DLP, um, you know, there's been some, some recent uh, guidance put out on additional logging requirements. Um, and like I think that came up from DHS. So, you know, those are things we're gonna have to look at. The private public vulnerability sharing from a CFP perspective, we're doing that today with our POEM. Um, but for software vendors that are not cloud providers, this is something that's going to be going to be a pretty significant change potentially. And, you know, really, really identifying, you know, vulnerabilities and providing the government with the requisite information to make informed decisions on the software that they're using, that they're hosting on their own. Cyber endpoint detection, again, looking to do more active cyber hunting, containment, remediation. I think that's going to be led up by DHS and CISA. And then zero trust architecture. Um, this is you know, something I think we're all striving to get to. Um, obviously, NIST came out with some guidance on this. I think we're, we're the agencies I'm talking to, as well as other um, you know, partners of mine, we're all really looking at this as how do we how do we truly implement the zero trust architecture that that will meet and answer the mail of what the executive order wants us to do. Next slide. Then the last piece of the executive order I wanted to touch on before I jump into how this affects us from a February perspective is a software bill of materials. Um, this is really going to be key for the, the transparency to the government, with the government, and, and really giving everybody the ability to, um, to accelerate how they remediate the risks. So, you know, we've, we've looked at it a couple different steps. So first, software composition. So we need to identify what is, what is a detailed inventory of any third-party software that we use? And there's really two elements to this. We're, we are a platform, so we are developing our own code, and we're using third parties, third-party libraries, but then we're also a cloud service. So we've got, we've got um, other, we don't necessarily use any other clouds, but we've got other hardware, other, other applications that we use in delivery of our cloud. So there, there's a couple of aspects to that for what's going to entail our software bill of materials. Next, we want, to, we want to identify kind of hierarchical SBOM inventory, detailing like where do we have dependencies? What is our, what is our critical um, aspects? What if, you know, if this particular software were known to be vulnerable, how does that affect me and what actions do I need to take? And that's where it leads into that last piece where we leverage workflows and we really leverage our software or the ServiceNow platform to automate a lot of our workflows. And, you know, it helps us from the identification response and resolving vulnerabilities without having to have a lot of human intervention. Next slide, please. So I wanted to touch on what does, what does the executive order mean compared to FedRAMP and CSP compliance um, with FedRAMP? So a lot of questions around reciprocity. Are, is a FedRAMP authorized cloud provider going to automatically be, um, you know, receive reciprocity to be compliant with the executive order? I would say generally for many of the points, yes. However, the FedRAMP PML has come a little bit short in saying that, that there will be a full reciprocity. There will definitely be some areas in the executive order that are not straight up met by FedRAMP that there will be an extra lift from the CSP. The other, the other side for the CMMC certification, the big challenge there 
while from a cloud service provider perspective, most of the data for my government customers is going to be in my cloud. Um, CMMC is a certification for the organization, not just your cloud service. So there's a there's a challenge there where um, we're gonna have to figure out what that means between FedRAMP and CMMC. And I know I'm just about out of time, so I'm gonna just talk on the last bullet point here as far as actions that CSP should take while the EO is getting more defined. One, I would say if I'm a CSP, which we're doing ourselves, is we're monitoring the information that comes out. There are new publications, there's new drafts of um, the deliverables that are required by the agencies that are coming out on at least a monthly basis. Provide feedback where applicable. You have the ability to, um, to influence what, what these deliverables are going to look like. Also, speak to your agencies and your customers that you're working with. Ask them about their zero trust architecture plans that they had to submit to, um, to OMB and DHS. Um, get a feel for that, and that will help you with understanding what zero trust architecture means and what that looks like in your environment. So I had a couple more slides, but we're just about out of time. So, um, you know, we will share the slide presentation. And if you have any questions around ServiceNow or how ServiceNow can help with automating your workflows around protecting your data within the executive order in FedRAMP, be happy to, to get the team together and discuss. Mike, thank you so much for that presentation. And, and yes, it's a, a, a good time to remind everyone that the slides, uh, when they are cleared for release, and I believe all of the slides today are cleared, uh, we will share those with the, the audience so people can dig back in at, at their leisure. I do want to um, get one question in here as we, um, we steal a couple minutes from our next break. And that is, um, you know, you talked about the, um, the deliverables in the cyber executive order. And, um, and is, there, is there one deliverable that's on the horizon that you think that you're paying most attention to and you'd encourage us to, either because it has the most potential to, to help or it's going to be one of the, the toughest deadlines to meet? So, what, you know, where should we focus our attention? Yeah, I, I think the one that recently came out, the, the SBOM, the Software Bill of Materials. Um, that, that and unfortunately, the the version that just came out, it it was very high level for cloud providers, and it was really more for software, um, strictly software providers for on-prem solutions. But you know, trying to get an understanding of exactly what the executive order is, and the government wants from us as software providers um, to be included, because I think many of us, if not all of us, have a level of a software bill of materials. Really, just trying to understand. What is what is the government? What is DHS um, and commerce really looking for? So that that one I think just came out last week, and I think that would be a good one. Well, thank you very much, and really great job of of connecting the dots in the way that that we need more of in this this conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you.